This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Listen, there are cases where I think it's jumping the gun, and there are cases where it's completely, completely justified. And what you described earlier with the pizza place near you and the nightmare that you went through, absolutely dead to me. No question. No question. I'm with you 100%. I had something similar. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. I we uh, My mother's birthday, it was a monumental birthday uh, last year. We went to a restaurant near where she lives and had it catered, and I'm picking up all the food, right? Well, hold on. What makes it monumental? Was it like 90, 80? Was it, it something was, like that? It was 90. Wow. Okay, congratulations. She has reached the age now where it doesn't matter. Okay. Like, I, I can say the age, and she's not going to get upset. She doesn't hear it anyway, and, you know, so here we are. So she hit 90. Well, if you're, if you're 90 and you're at a point where it's like, you know, I don't want people knowing my age, it's I don't – you're probably never going to get over that. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's well past the I don't give any blanks mode, right? <laughs> right? Well past that, which has been very clear and, frankly, the case with my mother for quite some time. <laughs> For as long as I have known her, frankly. And it is a, a scientific miracle that she had me at age 60. I don't know how she did, but there you go. It's fantastic. Anyway, uh, no, she did have me when she was 40. She did have me when she was older. But it, 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 five kids in six and a half years and then me eight years later. So not really in the plans. Save the anyway. best for last. No, no, no. Save the best for last. They, anyway. they just they, they figure they swung and missed a bunch of times up at the dish, but we're in extra innings here. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get on base one time. Yeah, yeah. It still didn't work out. Anyway, the restaurant I went to, I mean, we easily got three hundred dollars worth of food, easily for a group of about twenty five to thirty people. Right? That's not bad at I, all. That's well, not that, bad at all. I, I would say it was more like. 20 people and it was like 400 i was probably like 400 bucks it was a good amount and i i don't remember the specific but i know that i paid for it that i remember and i you know it's like chicken parm and a few other things and i'm carrying the trays out and i look down i realize oh we don't have any uh parmesan cheese you know so i go back in hey can i get some uh, parmesan cheese and he gives me the tiny little thing that he would give you with two slices of pizza is it the little package or the little ramekin? No, the little ramekin. Little ramekin, okay. Still not, still not uh, sati- satisfactory. No, just was that, it's barely more than, a, it's a tablespoon. That's what it is. It's, a it's chicken parm for an ant when you get that sort of. Yeah, yes, sort of and, a, I, and I said to him, hey, can I get a few more? Like, I didn't show disgust at the fact that he gives me a little one right away. He's like, well, we really don't usually do that for an order. <laughs> and I, I didn't say anything, and I, I just rolled my eyes. And he's like, as if to say, I just spent $400 in your restaurant. You can spare a little extra cheese. And he, he's like, oh, okay, okay. And then I said, no, 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 no. Hand up. I said, no, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Thanks, but no thanks. I did to me. Adios. Out the door. It's over. Big question here. You had when your chance. You, when you were holding the cheese yeah. and you looked at him and you said, could we please have some more cheese? Did he look you up and down before saying no? No. No, mm. it was an instantaneous no. And he may not have liked the way I was holding the cheese because I held it between my two fingers up as if to illustrate 
this is not enough cheese. This is insufficient. <laughs> insufficient cheese. No, this was no body weight shaming situation, which I have experienced many times before, therefore very familiar <laughs> with what it looks like. But in that instant, dead to me. Not coming back. You had your shot. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And this offseason, as it is with every offseason, we talk about all the massive moves that have been made. But you look at this offseason in particular in the NFL, and through the first quarter of the year, Joseph, some of these big-time offseason acquisitions, it's just not going so well. Not going so well. Garoppolo. Aaron Rodgers, Bill O'Brien, Derek Carr, Sean Payton, Odell Beckham, Darren Waller. I mean, up and down, this is not going great. You can even throw Bryce Young into that discussion right now. I mean, let's just start here. If you're rating those, what is the what is the worst of that group? What is the one that has under-delivered the most in that group? Sean Payton to the Broncos without a shadow of a doubt because I think he caused some of this issue himself with the blaming of Nathaniel Hackett, right? And I know they're going to meet this weekend and we're going to try to build that into something it might not be considering Rodgers is hurt, but Nathaniel Hackett was fired less than one year into the job. He's gone. He's basically the fall guy for this epic disaster in Denver, although Russell Wilson does take some of the heat. In comes Sean Payton on a monster contract. Now, remember, he was one of these coaches that sat out a little bit, so we're all kind of waiting to see what's next. He chooses Denver over all the options he's got. We're of the impression that he's going to rekindle Russ's career and he's going to get the Broncos back into contention, right? And then there's the comment about Nathaniel Hackett and how bad of a situation Russell Wilson was put in and basically blaming the whole former staff. Okay, at the time those comments were made, I didn't necessarily think that was as egregious as everyone else did. I thought Peyton was coaching up his team. He was basically telling everyone, look, what's done is done. That's all in the past. Those issues are out the door. We're moving forward. Mm. I thought it was a coaching tactic to pull that off. And I know that Hackett had to go under the bus for it to happen, but I thought it was a good coaching tactic. And then this team came out and they lose a garbage home close game to the Raiders who have turned out to be really lousy. Uh, They had a, a big lead against Washington. They blow that. I don't know who shellacked them in week three. And then they're getting crushed by Chicago. They need a miracle to come back and beat the dysfunctional Bears. So I think without a shadow of a doubt through the first month of the season, the biggest disappointment, the most underwhelming of all the transactions was Sean Payton at Denver. Well, the easier one to say would be Aaron Rodgers, but I don't want to blame him for the injury. It's like low-hanging fruit, right? It's like, yes, it's very disappointing, but what are you going to do? It's an injury. Exactly. Uh, I would point to Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien has been a a disappointment in that I would have thought walking in the door instantaneously after you had a special teams coach and a defensive coordinator as your offensive coordinator last year, that Bill O'Brien, somebody who is a great reputation as an offensive coach, somebody who has made a difference for a lot of different really good quarterbacks over the years, it has not done a thing for no. the New England Patriots offense, which is absolutely awful. And Mac Jones is just a guy. That's what he is. He is just a guy, and he is not somebody that you are going to win consistently with. And frankly, that's really surprising, Joe. When you factor in, he did get to the playoffs as a rookie. You thought he's playing 
like a rookie quarterback at that time who is a mid-level guy and he's going to get better from here? Like, he played better than you would have anticipated for a rookie. And you think, oh, well, we're only going to get better from here. The dude topped out. Like, how is that possible to have already happened? And O'Brien walks in the door, and he's supposed to make a big difference? And this is what we're looking at? Like, the Patriots are going to be bad the rest of the year. Schedule's bad. They just lost Matthew Judon, their defensive, uh, best defensive player. They are rolling the dice by trading back for uh, uh, J.C. Jackson after they lost a guy who was having a great year as a rookie and Christian Gonzalez. Like, I don't know where this is headed for the Patriots, where they can feel good about anything. And O'Brien, I don't want to say the savior, but at least somebody was supposed to fix it. So this is – so. Mac Jones is in year three. He's had Josh McDaniels calling plays. Then he had, what, Joe Judge, Matt Patricia, and now he's got O'Brien. So he's obviously the common denominator. Is it all falling on him, or how much are we going to put on personnel? Because it doesn't feel like the Patriots have put the star around him. The Bills went and got Stephon Diggs for Josh Allen. The Dolphins went and got Tyreek Hill for Tua Tungavailoa. Like we, the, the Bears tried to bring in DJ Moore for Justin Fields. It's not necessarily worrying, working, but those two are finally starting to get on the same page. Like if you're going to have a quarterback find another gear and reach his full potential, you got to give him someone to work with as a pass catcher. And I don't think New England has done that to any extent. No, they haven't. They haven't brought in any playmakers for him. But let me ask you, when you talk about those other guys – we knew that they had ability to be better than they were. At least we felt that way with Tua to a degree. We certainly felt that way with Josh Allen. Have you ever felt that way with Mac Jones? No, I have not seen enough consistently to think to myself, they've got the guy. I've seen right. way too many mistakes, way too many opportunities squandered. Agreed. And so for me, if Bill O'Brien can't fix him, yeah, he's going to get some heat because then he may not be able to be fixed. But I thought O'Brien would have had a much bigger impact than this. I'll throw one other player at you. How about Darren Waller? Darren Waller was a star tight end a couple of years ago, and he has not done a damn thing for the Giants. And he's been out on the field, too. For the yeah, most that's that's one of those. How much of that is on him? How much of that is on scheme? If Jones has half a second to get the ball out, how much of it is? I, I don't. I mean, we've seen Waller play great football, but injuries have derailed him. And right now in New York, it just doesn't look like they know how to get him the ball. Yeah. Well, I, I certainly put a lot of it on Jones because I don't think he's that good. But I would have thought at least Waller would have had more of an impact than he has. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. The Road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. Catch all the postseason action on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. In moments, we've got a revenge game this weekend. That's right. It's not the easiest one to sell, and I'll explain why in just moments. <laughs> this is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, we gave you Brian Robinson over 15 and a half rushing attempts and over 64 and a half rushing yards for tonight's showdown against the Bears earlier today. We got two more for you. Number one, we're going to go over 44 and a half total points for this matchup. Now, primetime unders tend to be a very real thing. Primetime games being Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night. The unders are 10 and 4 in those games so far this season, and they're 60% over the last five years. I think that has led to a lowering of these totals because it's such a popular trend, and there's value in the over, especially in a matchup like this, where the Bears have given up 25 plus in 14 straight games and have the second lowest pressure rate in the entire NFL. Translation Sam Howell is going to have time to throw the ball, and he's going to make plays. At the same time, the Commanders have struggled with mobile quarterbacks this season. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles hung a big number. Josh Allen and the Bills hung a big number. Russell Wilson and the Broncos held, held, hung a relatively big number. To get over 44.5 with the underdog being the Bears, I don't need them to hang a huge number tonight. So I think those two come together to go over 44.5 total points. And then finally, Bears quarterback Justin Fields over 46.5 rushing yards. He's hit this mark in two or four games this season, but again, he's going against a defense in Washington that has struggled to contain mobile quarterbacks. Hurts, Allen, and Wilson. So your final two pizza monies of the night, Justin Fields over 46.5 rushing yards, and Bears commanders over 44.5 total points. I like it. I like it. I was on the I Justin like it Fields. A lot. I like it a lot. I like it uh, the Justin Fields uh, rushing yards, I'm right there with you. Not that I'm not with the others, but I already have the selection in on that, on the okay. 46 and a half. Good number. Let's I go. like it. I do have a problem tonight. Just I'm, one, huh? Just one today. I'm like specific to today. <laughs> <laughs> just one specific to this exact moment. In yes, time. yes. <laughs> uh, I have a flight this evening to mm. Madison, Wisconsin. I'll be doing the show tomorrow from our station, ESPN Wisconsin. I'm looking forward to that. ESPN okay. Madison, I should say. Uh, having said that, uh, this plane is only equipped so far with Wi-Fi from what I can tell. And it does not differentiate if it's the Wi-Fi that you can stream or not. And I am going to, I got a problem with this game where, like, I got to be able to see a lot of this game. And uh, big fella is going to be a little antsy in that chair. I would, I would venture to say that on the bright side, you're not traveling on a Sunday when there's eight games on at once. You're not Correct. traveling for Sunday night football when it's Cowboys 49ers. You're not traveling on a loaded college football Saturday where Texas is playing Oklahoma. Uh, Alabama's playing Texas A&M. It's a Sunday night game. Uh, it's a Thursday night game. You're going to miss part of Bears commanders. Knowing you and your uh, astute affinity for preparation, you'll still end up seeing what you need to see. This is okay. 
This is okay. I think oh. when you talk about real world problems, I think the big fella is going to be just fine. Uh, oh, so now we're trying to put my problems in perspective. <laughs> yeah, I think you're going to be okay here. I mean, this is Commander's Bears. If this were Thursday Night Football and it was Dolphins Bills like last sure. week and that was on a Thursday night, we'd be sitting here saying, man, you did a poor job with your scheduling. But in this situation, I think you're okay. I mean, you know, if the Bears go out there and win, is that going to be a huge concern? NFL suddenly turned upside down? Well, Taylor no, Smith, Justin but Fields? I, I don't like missing any football because I love football. Well, put it this way. It, 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 I'd feel better if I was missing Jets-Broncos. Let's, let's put it that way. And having said that, the Nathaniel Hackett Ooh. revenge game. Nice. I know you've been waiting for it. This game has been circled since Sean Payton made those comments this offseason back, uh, back in training camp when he had too many lattes and he said that Nathaniel Hackett was an awful coach. I didn't know that was a side effect for lattes that you decide to <laughs> absolutely destroy someone as a head coach. So, at the time, he did apologize for the comment and say that he would apologize to Hackett directly. Did that happen? Here's Hackett earlier. Let's put it this way, everyone. This, this game is about those guys out on that field. This game is not about me. Uh, it's about me helping them during the week. Uh, but I just, wa- I just want the guys to go out there and play a great game. That, that's all we're looking for. And uh, what has happened is in the past, we all move forward. Coaches definitely just focus on trying to get the guys in the best positions, and that's what we're doing right now. But he did not, did not deny that, ha- that uh, Peyton has not apologized as of yet directly, has not spoken to Sean Peyton at all since the incident. This one is very simple. Very, very simple. You want to stick it to Sean Payton, you go beat him in his house with Zach Wilson. And that will be all that needs to be said about whatever we're calling this, a rivalry, a feud, a spat, whatever it may be. If you go into Denver's house where Sean Payton is the boss now and you take Zach Wilson and you find a way to get him to play well enough to beat that high-priced quarterback in Denver and that high-priced head coach in Denver – that's re- revenge, best serve cold. That's everything you need right there. Because that's, there's nothing worse for Peyton at that point. He's going to be sitting at, what, one and four. He's going to have just lost at home to Zach Wilson, almost lost to Justin Fields and the Bears, lost to the Commanders, lost to the Raiders. It's not like Denver's out there playing the schedule the Giants are playing. Dallas and San Francisco and, and some of these good teams that are hammering them. They're playing nobodies and they're getting beat. So that's Hackett's big big way of getting his revenge here have zach wilson ready to play just well enough to beat russell wilson in denver look if you beat the broncos in denver with zach wilson that's better than anything you could ever do yeah there's nothing you can say that's going to be wittier no absolutely not i i am having trouble believing that zach wilson has more of what we saw this past week in him this week Maybe it's unfair for me to say that because he's still a young guy in year three. He's like, what, 22, 23 years old. And what we saw the other night was encouraging in a lot of ways. But I also think what we saw the other night were a couple of instances where he could have turned the football over and it just didn't happen. And he got fortunate or he got lucky out of it. He was very fortunate that that was the case. So I'm not looking at this thinking, Oh, we figured it out with Zach Wilson. Finally, he's going to go on the road here in Denver and play great. I think it's more likely that we're going to see the other Zach Wilson in this instance. If if it were up to me, then I'm going to make that kind of a wager. I know which way that I am leaning.
I mean, this Denver defense has not been very good this year. They were supposed to be they were supposed to be a decent unit. I mean, the further they've gotten away from Vic Fangio, though, they have looked bad. You, you, yeah. you, week one against the Raiders, they give up 17 and lose. 17 is not a horrible number, but I mean, it's again, it's the Raiders. You give up 35 to Washington. I'm not going to speak of the Miami game, but we know what happened there. And then you give up 28 to the Bears, and you needed the miracle comeback. They they have been they have been disastrous on both sides of the ball. They have been absolutely disastrous. I am shocked that this team is as bad as it is. I mean, I I originally had high expectations. Then I watched Russ in the preseason, and I thought, no, too slow. I got to temper these expectations. They're not going to the playoffs. I didn't think it was going to be this bad. I mean, here you are, one and three. Is this the um, YouTube game of the week that we don't want in the box? Oh, certainly. Certainly. But it's a 4 o'clock game. It's well, careful be now. Tennessee's playing Indianapolis. But it's a 425 game, right? Or a 405 game because it's in Denver. Don't, don't go into the nuance. Just basically, you're looking for the one game that you don't want in the box. I don't I want it in the gonna... box. No, I don't, want, I don't want this game in the box. Absolutely not. No. Why would I ever? Tennessee and who? Tennessee and the Colts. Oh God! Saints Patriots has all the makings of just a wow. How about that? As well, let's create that game is going to be so bad. Let's create an atrocious box. Okay, Saints Patriots is in there. Yep, you've got Titans Colts in there. Yep, you're going to put, irregardless of time, you'll put Broncos Jets in there. And I got your fourth. Go ahead. How about Bengals Cardinals? <laughs> I mean, Burrow's not on the injury report. He said he's feeling good. You might get a vintage uh, Bengal performance. How about uh, Panthers Lions? Oh, does Panthers look Lions? Houston I mean, the Atlanta. Lions look good oh, Panthers. Houston Atlanta. I, I got to be honest. I got to disagree with that. I got to disagree. I, I'm starting to like Houston. I'm coming around on Houston. I think they win that okay. game outright. I really like Houston there. I like can, what can we Stroud's take tonight's doing. game and put it in the box. <laughs> Tonight's, tonight's game has all the makings as one of those beautiful car crashes that you just can't turn your eyes off of. Yeah. I, I like this game going over, and if it goes over, you know you're going to have some excitement at the very least. Don't be surprised. Remember the, remember when the Bears last year, I think it was, was it Thursday or Monday, they went to New England and they absolutely smoked the Patriots? <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. That game seems that. like it was a decade. It's, that game seems like it was 85. All right, give me your quick response to this just based on what you sure. just said. Uh, based on what you just said about the Denver defense, Jets total points 20 and a half. Oh, God. Under. Under his first line. Really? As, Against as, the Broncos. As, as, as much as I told you the Bronco defense stinks, I, I'm still dealing with Zach Wilson. Wow. Here. On the road at altitude. It's, you got to watch out for that altitude. Carlin versus – he can suck at any altitude. <laughs> That's terrible. I shouldn't say that. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. So will the Jets get revenge on Sean Payton for Nathaniel Hackett? Oh, dear God. More importantly, Joe, we pick all the winners all the time, don't we? More importantly, next, it is time to pick the losers in Denver on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
Sometimes to stay ahead of the pack, you need to roll a little different. Pick giant losers. Let's pick some losers. Losers! Listen, anybody can pick the winners. (laughs) Anybody can. No. No, 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 no. Sometimes it's just as important, if not more times, if not more so, to pick the losers. And that's what we do, because we're familiar with losers. On Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. Let's roll. The Bears at the Commanders. That, of course, is tonight. Commanders six-point favorites, Joe Fortenbaugh. Who loses this game? The Bears lose this game, but I'd be remiss if I didn't lay out the fact that I think it could be much more competitive than people realize. The the commanders are a little bit overvalued because we saw them play very feisty against the Eagles, and then they had that 2-0 start, but the 2-0 start wasn't really against anybody. They barely got by Arizona. They needed this miracle comeback against a bad Denver team. Then they got absolutely shellacked by Buffalo and then had a chance to meet Philly and lost it. Like They're very close to being 0-4. Very close. So this game could be more competitive than people expect, but ultimately Chicago's going to do what they do best, and that's lose a football game. Yeah, listen, I keep looking for ways to pick the Bears to win, and they keep kicking me in the pants. So (laughs) I'm just going to ride the wave here and understand that the smarter play is to pick the Bears to lose. And, like, even even the six points bothers me, right? Like, uh, that number feels too big. No, no, no. The Bears are a bad football team. I need to own that. I need to embrace it. And I need to go along with the notion that the Bears are going to lose tonight. The Jaguars at the Bills in London. I like how it threw in the... In London! Yeah. Yeah, it was neat. (laughs) In London. Joe, I expect the Jaguars to lose this game. Look at me picking the Bills. Jaguars are going to lose this game. The Bills are playing at an extremely high level right now. And... The Jaguars have been disappointing to me. I'm not jumping off the bandwagon. I still believe that they'll get it together at some point. Even though they get the extra week in London, yes, they beat the Falcons this past week. That's the Falcons, okay? This is going to be a situation where you are going to see the Bills go to 4-1. and one. And I'll still stick to the notion that they're going to miss the playoffs. But... Nonetheless, I am picking the Jaguars to lose this game, John. That's just pig-headed. So they're going to be 4-1 and one with a win over Miami, and you still are going to stick with the fact that they missed the playoffs. In, a, in an era where seven teams make the playoffs in every conference. Yeah, let's just let's call this a little bit of the greeny mentality of we go with the opposite of what I actually think. <laughs> I am going to go the other way. I think the Bills lose this game. I think there are two forces here that are going to break in the wrong way for Buffalo. Number one, you already brought it up, the London factor. Jacksonville's yeah. played there a lot. They just played there last week. They're going to be there an entire week to keep their body clocks right and to go through their normal preparation. Meanwhile, here come the Bills. Nine-hour flight across the Atlantic Ocean. You get situated. There are some distractions. And here's the worst part for Buffalo. They just came off a monster win against Miami. You don't think there was a little bit of celebrating? You don't think there's a little bit of, all right, we've shut everyone up. We're back on top. I think they could be walking into a trap here. Classic trap game. Jaguars spring the upset. The Saints at the Patriots. Oh, this game. We all lose. Everybody's losing here. Exactly. One point <laughs> favorites the uh, Patriots are in this game. 
And I, I, uh, the Patriots lose. Oof. Yeah. You don't I feel just, very confident in that. It doesn't no, I, because everybody loses in this game. The fact that they're even playing it, everybody loses. The Saints are not a good football team, but the Patriots are a worse football team. They don't have any offensive reason for me to trust them, and they just lost two of their best defensive players. Yet somehow, somehow, the Saints are only one-point underdogs in this game. Why? Because the Saints are even worse than that. Now, I shouldn't say only one-point underdogs. They are one-point underdogs to this team. Patriots are going to lose this game. The Patriots are averaging 13 points per game, and Vegas says they're one point better than the Saints here. Oh, my God. (laughs) If you're the Saints, that is such disrespect. You're an underdog to a team scoring 13 points per game. I say the Saints lose this game. Dennis Allen versus Bill Belichick is what it comes down to. If Bill Belichick loses at home to Dennis Allen and this Saints team, that could be the nail in the coffin for BB. It really could. We've been talking about his future with the Patriots. You cannot lose to Dennis Allen and a Saints team that is not any good. This game, while it should be terrible to watch, has massive ramifications for Monday morning. The Ravens at the Steelers. Uh, Steelers in this game are four-point underdogs. Steelers are going to lose this game. And it has, you know, Mike Tomlin wants to think that he's going to be able to rally the troops by getting him in full pads on Wednesday. He's overlooking the fact that the Steelers are just not talented enough. The Ravens are a really good team. The Ravens are better all the way around, and they have grabbed a bit of a stranglehold here early on the division. I think they'll continue to hold on to it. Steelers lose at home to the Ravens. I am going to go the other way on this one as well. I am going to say that the Ravens lose this game, that this is the classic rally spot for Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin, underdog at home. His team hasn't been physical enough, so they're practicing in pads for Ravens week. They're going to give him everything. Fun fact, I don't know if I have the number exactly right, but I know I'm close. I'll make sure I have it for tomorrow's pick'em. When John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin square off, the underdog is 22-6-1 against the spread. Oh, wow. 22-6-1. That's how many close games these two teams play. I'm picking the Steelers in the upset. Ravens lose this game. The Cowboys at the 49ers. We will jump ahead to Sunday night football. Cowboys will lose this game, and they will lose this game convincingly. The 49ers are four-point favorites. This is stealing money. That's what this is. Stealing money. 49ers are just a complete team all the way around. I still have the Eagles as being a little bit better just because they haven't lost yet and they are the reigning champs, but San Francisco looks great in virtually every aspect of their game. The only place this could get away from them a little bit is with their offensive line and Micah Parsons. Other than that, I got the I got the Cowboys losing this game by between 17 and 21 points. This is a true Carlin versus Joe segment because I think the Niners lose this game. You and I have been on the opposite ends of everything. I think the underdogs are going to be barking very loudly this weekend. I've been going through this game, and I'm staring at this line, and I'm listening to everybody say the Niners are going to hammer the Cowboys. Everybody. And you guys might be right. You absolutely might be right because there are games like this where it happens. I just see the Cowboys coming in. 
They've got a comparable defense to San Francisco. They've got a better offensive line. They've got weapons at the skill positions. I think they're right there in this game. And I wouldn't put it past the Cowboys to win this game, get everyone fired up about them, and then go out there and immediately lose next week, whoever they're playing in any situation. This is the moment where Dallas shows you they're great, and then they end up falling on their face shortly thereafter. As the leaves change, leave the hiring to Indeed. Their all-in-one hiring platform helps you attract, interview, and hire candidates all from one place. And Indeed's interview tool lets you schedule and conduct virtual interviews right from their website. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, 888-SAY-ESPN is your Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-729-3776. Tonight could be the last NFL game for one person in particular. We'll explain next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Comes down to being my part at the end of the day, so I got to be better for the team in that situation. Feels in the pocket, throws a ball that is incomplete, and it's intercepted. Intercepted, Kareem Jackson. This is all kind of a disaster right now. You don't know how it's going to get much better. The ball's not free. It bounces around. Jonathan Cooper scoops it up. Touchdown, Denver. Yes, sir. Keep going. Don't be discouraged when play every play and every game like it's your last. With the Bears tonight, I was surprised because he normally doesn't talk in these kind of terms. But also, I certainly take it very seriously when Peter King says something. But yesterday on a Chicago radio station, Peter King suggested that if the Bears lost in bad fashion this evening, he would not be surprised if Matt Eberflus got fired after the game leading into tomorrow. And that is, I don't want to use the word shocking, but I would say that it's certainly not something I would expect to hear from Peter, but I absolutely put a ton of credence in it. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. This is something that the Bears at 0-5 at that point, you need to embrace what the reality of the situation is. The reality is your goals have shifted from becoming a a team that is growing with Justin Fields and moving steps in the right direction, Joe, to a team that needs to secure the number one pick, but at the same time show your fans that you're serious about where the organization is headed. If you fire Matt Eberflus, it is showing the fans that you are serious about where you are headed in the future. Yeah, the problem here for the Bears is that there's bad and then there's being a joke. And they're now a joke. And no one wants to be a joke. No one wants to be bad. But Tennessee's 2-2 two and two right now. I don't think anyone in that building is under the impression they're going to contend seriously for a Super Bowl. So they're working on it. <clears throat> they're competitive. They're trying to figure some things out. But they're not a very good football team, especially at the quarterback position, which is what they need to address. Um, Minnesota's bad right now. But they've got Kirk Cousins, and they've been competitive in games. The, the Bears are a joke. The Bears are a joke at every level. They're not good on defense. They're terrible on offense. They're getting blown out. They're blowing huge leads to lose games. They've got all types of dysfunction surrounding the organization, comments made by players, the FBI investigations, defensive coordinator stepping down. At every turn, they strike you as the opposite of organized. 
You're an organization, but you are as unorganized as any that we have ever seen. So now the decision comes as to when I think you're going to move on from Matt Eberflus. I wouldn't do it now. I wouldn't. I know what Peter's suggesting. Do it if you lose tonight on Thursday night because you have 10 days to get ready for the Vikings. I wouldn't do that. I, I wouldn't want to run the risk of this team firing Matt Eberflus and then suddenly the locker room rallies, the old dead coach bounce. Mm. The locker room rallies and they find a way to beat Minnesota next week. I don't want to win. Eberflus is really good good at losing he's lost 14 straight he's 3 and 17 as a head coach let him keep going right up until you get near the end and then you can get rid of him because you're not going to want him to stick it to the organization on his way out the door like lovey smith did with the texans although it ended up working out because they got cj stroud over bryce young and that looks a lot better right now even though it's only been four games so i'd ride with Everflus until this looks like a sure thing so with Everflus at this point you want to pay him to do his job poorly and at elite level which he has done so far yeah as opposed to doing his job <laughs> yeah i don't i, I don't want to risk anyone stepping in and the organization because you if you talk to players um who have been through something like this they always say the same thing even if the coach is has done a terrible job when he leaves they might not say it publicly, but the players feel some of that responsibility. Like, we, he's not getting fired if we're playing well. He may have done a poor job putting us in a position to play well, but we still did a poor job on the field. So that guy's fired. Suddenly, everyone's on their best behavior, right? Like, mom and dad just got home from vacation. Everyone's on their best behavior. Everyone's perking up. Everyone's going to put in a good week so that if they go out there and win, now they can show everyone, yeah, it was the coach. It's not us. We're not the problem. You don't want to run that risk of the Bears rattling off a few wins and taking you out of contention for the number one overall pick. You need Eberflus to do what he's done so well, which is continue to lose games. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. The other thing that you can start to do is to investigate if it is worth it for you to move on from Justin Fields and trade him away during the season if somebody wants to get him into their system sooner rather than later. Maybe not necessarily make a difference for them this year. But, Joe, we both know there are going to be plenty of teams in the market for a quarterback this coming offseason. Teams that are still looking to answer questions. And those are teams that are not definitively going to be in place to draft someone. There are mid-level teams like the Falcons, maybe even like the Steelers, maybe... Tampa Bay, I don't know if Tampa Bay is going to keep it up at 3-1 and one and Baker Mayfield's going to continue to play at an elite level. When the deadline comes at the end of October, if Justin Fields can be moved to somebody who wants to get him in sooner rather than later and start to figure out their situation while he's still under a rookie contract, I wouldn't rule that out. And that's another way that you can kind of ensure that you're going to end up with the number one pick no matter what happens. I don't disagree. I'm wondering if the Bears get the best return on their investment of trading fields pre-deadline or in the offseason. Because you just wonder how many teams would you be would you be willing to come would be willing to come to the table now versus offseason. It always feels like you have a better market in the offseason for this sort of thing, but I don't know. 
That's the only reason I'd bring yeah. that up. I think they're going to be moving on from him. I think it's pretty much a total reset in Chicago. If you're going to have the number one overall pick and you're going to sit there and pass on Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, then you're going to have the number one overall pick again and you're going to pass on Caleb Williams and Drake May, you better have the guy. Like the only team doing that is a team with Mahomes or Hurts or one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Like if the Chargers had the number one pick, they're not taking Caleb Williams. Uh So if you're sitting there, you better be damn sure Fields is the guy. And he hasn't shown that so far, so you're taking a QB. Okay, but let's say it's the Falcons. Let's talk about them for a minute. All right. That's a place where we both agree he would fit exceptionally well. It seems like a very interesting pairing between those two with Arthur Smith as your head coach, yes. Do you think the Falcons are going to finish in a position to draft a quarterback? Let's put it that way. One of the top guys, probably not. I could see Atlanta somewhere right around seven-ish, eight-ish wins, which probably puts them out of contention for most of the top guys coming out. It, It probably puts them, you know, around seven, eight, nine at best in terms of drafting. And if you're going to trade up for that, wouldn't you rather, let's say, send a second-round pick or a third-round pick to the Bears right now with Desmond Ritter, and you get a good look at Fields, not just for the rest of this year, but potentially the first half of next year without trading a boatload to get him like you would for the number one pick or a top two or three pick? Intriguing but I think Atlanta is in a bad division and they're going to be hovering around contention for so long that they're not going to feel compelled to make that move in late October when the trade deadline occurs. I think you make great sense. I just don't think the situation will set itself up that way. Okay, so here's what I heard. You make great sense. You're wrong. (laughs) You make sense. It's not going to happen. Not that you're wrong. I just don't see it happening. You make sense. Enjoy the flight tonight. Do you want uh, text updates on the game? I'd like it. Thanks for listening to the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN radio. You can listen to Carlin versus Joe weekdays from noon to three Eastern on ESPN radio, the ESPN app and on Sirius XM channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin versus Joe podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.